A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Happy Christmas, Dan. Happy Christmas. It's been a shit year. I've seen you like once. Well, cool. <laughs> You've enjoyed not seeing me. Is that what you were going to say? I've enjoyed not traipsing into town. Well, it's just easier doing it on, online, right. isn't it? Than like. I mean, yeah, that's true. But we don't get to have like awkward hugs anymore, do we? It's just good not having to like, you. well, you being late, you wanting to eat food, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then right. it's good to, mm-hmm. to streamline all of that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm pleased that... <laughs> I'm pleased that you feel that way. <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. I definitely think I've missed hanging out with you in real life. I'd rather we can't go back. Like we've got us. This has got like there's no. There's, we've got to carry on like this. Surely. Why? Well, because it's just it's such a waste of time. Like and money going somewhere right. isn't it so wait this you're not gonna like once this vaccine kicks in and 2021 is here you're well can't we just carry on what like this you mean not seeing each other uh a gay and a non-gay well i'll tell you who has missed you santa right okay and i'm sure you've missed santa too not really can we just get on with this if we what have do you to mean? Do, if we have to do this <laughs> why do you say that every year because i don't this is this is my thing this okay, is well, i love this just Great, like that's once, great. Uh, like you book all the guests, okay? You booked Amy Dyer. Well, only in Halford. lieu of you doing it. <laughs> like, no, you book some amazing guests. That's thanks. what you're good at. And then once a year, I I get to book a guest. And honestly, I think it's so upsetting that you don't enjoy that. Okay, well let's just get let's just get it. I know a lot of people have said they enjoy it when Santa's on. It's just really important to have him in our community because normally Santa represents the patriarchy, the man, you know. But in our podcast, in a gay and a non-gay world, Santa is all about inclusivity, equality, trans rights, and I'm here for it. Let's get on with it then. Oh, non-gay, I've missed your little face. And may I just say that I know you wished I weren't coming. Unlike your mum. And that you don't believe in me, but I'm coming down your chimney anyway. (laughs) I don't have a chimney. Just because you haven't found your chimney doesn't mean you don't have one. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Come and sit on my knee, Daniel. Yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that. Non, non-essential travel is not happening at the minute. Oh yes, the Rona. What a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. Don't worry, Dan. 2020 is getting coal. And a copy of Gary Barlow's dreadful new album for Christmas. How dare he beat steps to number one. I mean, it's been an awful year for all of us, Santa. We feel so isolated. And as a gay person, we're missing our pride and we're missing our community. Well, yes. If I don't have all of my reindeer, I can't fly my sleigh. And without our friends or chosen family around us, it can easily feel like we're alone or that we can't fly. But we can. The magic of Queermas is all around us. We just have to look. Oh, Queermas, I love that. And what are your feelings on the NHS borrowing the LGBTQ plus flag? Look, if they want to borrow the gay flag, that's up to them. But if they lay one finger on Kylie Minogue, why? Why I'll well, well, they'll be spinning around. All right, are we done? Are we done with this? <laughs> what do you mean? You think it's great? I don't. Is that done? Can we move on? Because we've had like we've had amazing guests this year. 
I don't really want to end it on this, to be honest. After the year that we've had with Rob Halford, the Metal God, David France from Welcome to Chechnya, Dr. Range, we've had Amy Dias, who is an ex-turf, blowing the lid on turfism. We've had Will yeah. Young. It's just a bit shit to round that off with Santa. You know what, Dan? You're right. Why does everyone interview me when they could be interviewing my wonderful wife, Mrs. Claus? Oh my God, yes. No, has anyone ever interviewed her before? Hold on, I'll put her on. And who and, and who is that? Mrs. Claus. Hold on, I'm coming. So which um, Mrs. Claus? Which be this radio voiceover of you booked to do this? Wow, that that is some heavy shade. Merry Christmas, everyone! Oh my God, Mrs. Claus! But but wait, you're you're Davina DeCampo, star of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. That's right, bitch. Davina DeCampo Claus. I've double barreled it now because you know I'm dead posh. This this is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. Come... Uh, Dan, listen, just because you're straight doesn't mean you can invalidate my marriage, okay? Sorry, Davina. So you're Mrs. Claus. What's happened? I told you that. I've married an old guy for his money and here we are. I've married Santa. Who better? I knew you lived in the North, but um, I didn't realise it was the North Pole. That's right, my love. I don't mind saying it's not just Santa's wallet that's big. He's got some very big baubles too, and I'm quite keen on his pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How long have you been married to Santa, Davina? Not very long. Honestly, he divorced his last wife, Melania, a couple of years ago. And then he's seen me on RuPaul's Drag Race and he thought, oh, I wouldn't mind a bit of that red wig and silver dress. That did it for him. Wow. In all honesty, I'm just waiting for him to fall off someone's roof. <laughs> We're so happy to have you on the podcast, Davina, because we've done a couple of things before, but uh, never on the podcast. It's been like, I think we did the thing for Mermaids and we did a thing at a record label for Warner, some reason. Yeah. You were supposed to be on our tour as well. I completely forgot in Manchester. The one of many tours that I was supposed to be on that never was. Oh, really? So <laughs> Is that the story of your year, basically? Yeah, basically 2020 has been uh, all the tours that could have been and never were. How do you feel about being called the people's winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK? Because that is, in my head, that you are the winner. So how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know. Am I really? I think the right person won, just in terms of how good she was in the competition. Oh, I, mean... I was an absolute wreck the entire time. <laughs> so, you know, she went in and was a machine about it. And, and her makeup is sensational. I mean, I haven't seen it, but who did win? Serious oh, fi- my God. Oh, my God, Dad. Because I actually thought it was you. Like, Talk oh. about not doing your due diligence. I mean, the only other person I've heard of is Bagger Chips. <laughs> I mean, yeah, essentially, Bagger actually won. Did even she? Even though she didn't. But she's your mate and you're in a band with her? Yes. Right. So there's no beef or anything? No. Oh, my God. No, she's not the actual winner, though. The actual oh. winner was the Vivian. The right, Vivian. okay. And the Vivian's yeah. amazing. I mean, like, I've never so heard of her, incredible. so she, I don't... So right. I think I think you oh are. My wow. God. Oh my God! Very Mariah Carey. <laughs> I don't know. Very Mariah. I so don't Mariah. know her. <laughs> Except Dan, the Dan shape that he's not intending to do that. <laughs> she might have won the battle, but I think you've won the war because I seem to. Dan, seem... you have no idea what you're starting. Please just stop. <laughs> well, a because I'm I'm aware of you doing a lot of stuff. I've never heard of this bloody person, Dan, Vivian or whatever she's honestly, called. Honestly, you are so you are about to. You're you gonna do, have you so many want... trolls in yeah. your inbox. Gay <laughs> Twitter is coming for you hard. What are you doing? One Direction didn't win. What is it? X Factor, did they? No, that's true. That's and they true. did. Whoever did win got mugged off, didn't they? So, yeah. What's your favorite sound effect from RuPaul's Drag Race? 
Um, I mean, the shade is so iconic. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so iconic. Yeah, exactly. Every, like everybody knows the shade sound. Um, <laughs> That snake rattle. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's got to be that one. So as Dan just mentioned, you're in a band with Bag of Chips and Blue Hydrangea. The Frock Destroyers are back after their sensational release, Break Up Bye Bye, on RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 1. Now, I don't know if Dan has listened to the Frock Destroyers. Do you know Break Up Bye Bye, Dan? Um, I don't know what to say about it, really. <laughs> It's not really. Now, it's not really aimed at me, is it? Bearing in mind that you're a Judas Priest fan, it's probably not your cup of tea, is it? Yeah. So that's that's like that's fair to say, isn't it? Although there are there are influences, like you can hear. There's a little bit of kind of Marillion stuff going on in there, you know, like soft rock in the vocal and things like that. I don't know. <laughs> Unlike James, I don't like. So, so for example, when Rob Rob Halford was on, James was like, "Oh my god, I've I've got really into metal recently." Like. I literally can't do that. Yeah, I'll fake it until I make it, but Dan has no way of doing that. It's not aimed at me, though, is it? So it doesn't, if I was like... I mean, obviously, if you enjoyed it, that would be great as well. And if you want to buy it on iTunes, I'd really appreciate that. Other platforms are available, but... But it's the sales. The sales help, don't they? Because they're they're worth more than streams in the album chart. Yeah, you know, finally, we're having this conversation as well about uh, streaming and Mm. buying. You know, because for a stream, if somebody's paying for the streaming service, you still need 150 of one of those tracks in order for it to count as one sale. Wow. If they're not paying for it, it's like 380 for it to count as one sale. You are kidding. I didn't know that. Exactly. So it's not about listens. Sam Smith the other day sold 20,000, but was still number two. And it's because everybody is streaming. So you would need hundreds of thousands of streams to make up 20,000. It's astronomical, the number of streams that you need in order to then make 20,000 sales. And then the amount of money that then goes to the artist as well is minuscule. So yeah, go and buy it, guys. If you like somebody, buy it. My EP, Red and Silver, is only 349. Mm -hmm. That's a bargain in anybody's (laughs) money, darling. Yes, it is. Is that why your album's quite short, so you can just listen to it on a, on a loop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rack up the stream. Listen to it 700 times a day. So please buy Davina DeCampo's album. And also, this feels like an opportune time to mention our Patreon. Yep. You're enjoying our podcast for free. Gainongear.com slash donate. Um, did the Cock Destroyers ever get in touch about the Frock Destroyers? Yeah, well, backers on Slag Wars. <gasps> oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. You need to watch it. It's I amazing. It's really positive. It's like when reality TV first started and it was still a bit more naive and a bit more, it's just, it's really camp and fun. And it's positive about sex work and sex in general. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. I can't wait to watch Slag Wars. I feel like Dan and I should watch it together. How do you win Slag Wars? Well, listen, I can't tell you. Otherwise I'd have to kill you. You have to watch it. No, I don't mean like, I don't, I don't mean like what's, what happens? Like what's the spoiler? I just mean like, how do you, like what's the, what's the procedure or whatever? Well, it's the same, it's the same sort of thing as any, any other reality TV show. So they make like spoof pornos and they have to show different talents and, you know, so they have different challenges that they have to complete and then somebody gets eliminated. Amazing. Okay. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I have, I have seen the trailer. I did think it was funny. 
I didn't watch it. I just sent it to my mate saying, oh, I think your mum's on this and all that kind of stuff. Ah! Classic. (laughs) That was about as far as as it went. Slag, slag, slag. Welcome to Slag Wars. A gay and a non-gay. Okay, let's get the tea on the new RuPaul's Drag Race UK lineup. Like, what are your thoughts on all of the amazing new girls coming through? Well, great, but I hope they all die because otherwise <laughs> there's going to be no gigs, is there? God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Have you been dying? No, we're really lucky. When Whenever you're the OGs, there's something different about that series anyway because it's the first time that a lot of people are going to get to see something like that. And then it changes. You have to be really, really smart and get yourself in the right place. Right, to make an impact. Yeah, like everybody still remembers Nina Flowers. Everybody still remembers Angina, Bibi Zahara. So, you know, fingers crossed that's going to be the case for us because otherwise, oh no! (laughs) 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 One of your most amazing moments was um, the Section 28 episode of Drag Race. School was, it was hard. Like, I got a lot of flack from pretty much everybody in the school. Because of Section 28, It meant that, you know, a lot of teachers felt like they couldn't step in. Whereas now, like, having been in schools and worked as a teacher, uh, the kids' attitudes are completely different. Like, completely different. I obviously lived through Section 28 as well Mm. and suffered the effects of not being able to be myself or talk to anyone about being gay. But I read an interview where you talked about the experience through the eyes of your sister. Yeah. I thought that they'd kind of been protected, that my sisters had kind of been protected a bit from it, that they hadn't they hadn't seen it and experienced it. Um, But she she taught. Well, she spoke about an incident where she was already in the lunch hall having her her dinner. So she sat at her table, chilling with her friends, having a nice time. And then I walk into the dinner hall and she said the whole place just erupted with jeering. And it was just everybody was just screaming faggot and queer at me. You know, you sort of, you question yourself about, was it really as bad as I thought it was? Turns out it was. And for me, the really important thing about that is that that room was filled full of adults who did nothing. So me as a 14, 15 year old kid, there was no way that they didn't know that that was happening. There was no way that they had no idea what was going on because my sister said that the whole of her table was going, isn't that your brother? And they're all shouting at him. But she couldn't do anything because otherwise you become the target. But those adults were in the room and they should have done something about it. And I think a lot of them use Section 28 as a, a very easy reason not to. Oh, I don't need to do anything about this because we're not allowed to promote homosexuality, are we? But there's a difference between promoting homosexuality and stopping bullying of... Someone. Yeah, but it's a very fine line. Yeah. And if you're a homophobe, you're quite very very easy for you to use that and just go well it's not worth my job yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. sure because like i say you know you question yourself and go oh was it it can't have been that bad really it can't have been it can't it can't have been that bad um and then you know somebody else saying actually it was horrendous it was really horrific what what you were going through and i saw it it just makes you realise how damaging Section 28 was. That it, it allowed those people to just go, well, shouldn't be gay, should you? 
Two unlikely friends take on the world. We've seen you've been doing a lot of work with Just Like Us, who are, who are friends mm. with ours, uh, on their Younger Me campaign, which uh, highlights the need for like inclusive education and positive role models within the community. What do you think that you needed at the time that you weren't getting? A community, you know, to know that I wasn't the only one. You know, there were other gay gay kids in school. There were. I mean, I went out with a guy, but it just, there wasn't a framework for that to be recognised that, you know, there are other other people who have different ways of navigating the world and fancy different people. It doesn't have to be one and the world isn't binary, basically. So do you feel hopeful now that LGBT education is like supposedly compulsory in schools? Uh, yes, but, you know, all we have to do is look at what's happened in Birmingham to see that there's there's still a long way to go, you know when religion steps into education, you get a lot of problems. Mm. And I wholeheartedly disagree with any religious school. I don't think academies are a good idea. I think that it takes you out of having to give every child the same opportunities. Once it becomes an academy, they don't have to follow the, the national curriculum in the same way. So they don't have to do that. Wow, I didn't so know that. all you have to do is have a homophobic head of the consortium and you'll never hear anything about gay stuff. Nothing. You'll hear nothing about LGBT lives at all. I remember at school, there was one kid in the whole year that his parents made such a fuss about sex education that they insisted that he was taken out of being taught about sex education, which A, obviously is like, he's not learning what he should, but B, he's everybody in the school knows this about this kid. Yeah, and that's your parents doing you a disservice. Yeah, massively. Because of their belief, which, you know, great, you've got a belief. But how about you let your child make an informed decision in their life about what they want to believe? Give them the information. Yeah. And like our sex education is so woefully inadequate already. You know, you just have to look at other countries where they start much, much earlier and they have much, much lower rates of STI infection, much lower rates of teenage pregnancy. On all of those factors of success in terms of sex education, they're just much more successful. And it's because they start earlier. Because the more information you give to children about their lives, the better informed they are and the better decisions they can make. Welcome back to Again and On Gay with Davina DeCampo. Let's talk pronouns. You identify as he, she, they, like all the pronouns. Is that a decision or is that a feeling? Like, can you talk about that? So I've been describing myself as a person since I was about 18, you know, and uh, it wasn't until we were at uni that I was able to really articulate that, you know. So those monikers of a man or a woman have never fit for me. They, they don't fit. It's not It's not who I am. It's not what I am. They carry so much baggage with them. That's not my experience of my life. So it doesn't make any sense to me. That has never made any sense to me. Whereas for some people, it absolutely does. You know, that is exactly what I am. So great. But that isn't what what I am. So, so yeah, ever since I was about 18, bearing in mind that's 20 years ago, I've been describing myself as just a person. I'm just a person. And so now with the language becoming much much more readily available, you know, so non-binary is not like this academic speak anymore. You know, it's part of the public 
consciousness. People mm. know what it is. They, well, they know the word, but maybe they don't know what it means. And that's okay. That's fine. Because that's all part of the process of actually learning about other people's uh, existence and how how they are. You know, there's lots of people who would be screaming and crying that that was how I would describe myself. And to those people, I say, I don't give a shit. Mm. Because it's not your life. So when you've got people like Suzanne Moore who are holding really ridiculous transphobic tropes and writing all this shit in their stuff and then saying that they're being silenced for it. No, you're being questioned for it because you're talking about this in the national newspaper, you stupid twat. <laughs> Clearly, you have not been silenced. Just like when Boris Johnson talks about women, uh, Muslim women looking like letterboxes, we can then legitimately say, well, you're a racist prick who's got the political acumen of a scarecrow. <laughs> then we can also say, Suzanne Moore, you're woefully lacking in the knowledge about trans people's lives and about the reality of a trans existence. And uh, you know what? That's fine that you don't know about that. You're a woman who's in her 50s. You've lived through all kinds of other things. And this hasn't been on your agenda. Fine. Keep it off your agenda because you don't know what you're talking about. Framing trans lives and trans existences as some kind of threat to humankind and to women particularly is ridiculous. With Rowling, why is she called Gilbraith? Why is she called Robert Gilbraith? Google Robert Gilbraith. Google this is her pseudonym as a writer, right? Google that. Find out who he is because he was a conversion therapist. So Gilbraith was a conversion therapist. And you know what? You scratch a transphobe, you find a homophobe. And wow. there she is in plain sight. Unbelievable. I didn't know that. So she's named her, she's, her pseudonym for writing as a man, which I don't get either, is a, is a conversion therapist. If you Google Robert Gilbraith, it's the first thing that will come up on your computer. Yeah. So either you're incredibly stupid or you've done that on purpose. I mean, it's got to be on purpose because you every time you come up be. with a name or a Twitter account or an Instagram, you Google it. You, of you course can't. you do. Of course you do. Wow. And then, you know, there's also other things, you know, her likening the werewolf character to having HIV, you know, that it was like a virus that he'd caught. OK, so the person with HIV is running around a school trying to kill children. So when you start unpacking all of this stuff, you know, like the only Irish character that she's got in the book is running around blowing things up. <laughs> yeah, the oh only person God. with a turban on his head is also hiding the devil under there. When you look at the bankers, well, what trope is that? That they have hooked nose and long... So there we go. So you unpack these books and actually you go, all of these things that, you know, are, you just, unless you really look at it, you wouldn't even notice. You wouldn't even think about it. And then you unpack it and you go, wait a minute. And it's the same with all of these people who are so busy screaming about the dangers to the children. Think of the children. All right, Mary Whitehouse, sit the fuck down. You know, yeah. it's the, exactly the same argument as the 80s. And it has no bearing in reality. You know, what I think is so interesting hearing you talk about all of this so passionately is that I, I have a gay friend who they're not they're not transphobic but they're not interested but they're transphobic but they're not interested in it and it's because they don't feel like it's their problem and actually gay people have enough to worry about but when you when you really get into it you see that it is actually our problem 
because Absolutely. it's also aimed at us. These are the same arguments that we've had thrown at us for years and years. They just found a new way of pushing their agenda. And a little over five years ago, the evangelical church put out a mission statement that they were going to try and break up the LGBT community. And where is the funding for all of this coming from? Mm -hmm. It's coming from the far right and from the evangelical church. You know, these are huge problems. And the church in America has vast sums of money. And they want to do that so that they can roll back the rights for all of us. You know, when you have the LGB alliance, I don't want to use their name. So can you bleep that out? Yeah, yeah. Go through those crusty white men talking between themselves and saying, we're just having a conversation. This is not a conversation. This is a polemic. This is you putting across your point. There is no conversation here. If it were a conversation, if it were a debate, then you would have invited people who were trans into that debate. You didn't, and you didn't do that because you know that what you're chatting is bullshit. So how do we get better? How do we get better? So we put more education in schools. Mm. We put more education in schools and we talk more honestly because a lot of the time these conversations are not done i'm going to frame this because i have an agenda well actually my agenda is that people are happy so if that's going to help people to be happier in their lives and be more successful members of society i'm all for that just like if you've got diabetes i think we should treat you just like if you've got a mental health condition you should be given support just like if you're obese we should be supporting you and we can. We can make those choices. So before we uh, ever did anything together, um, I think I texted James saying, is Davina related to Gino DeCampo? Oh, um, this again. The chef. Yeah. So He literally thought you were the daughter of TV chef Gino DeCampo. <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't, not daughter necessarily, but like... I, I wouldn't I mind being his fancy woman, but I'm married to Santa, so I can't now. Like, it actually wasn't a completely stupid no, it's just a straight question. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. And maybe. Whether you think that that is stupid or not is up to your interpretation, but yeah. Anyway, that brings us to our game. Gina. You fork it, you fork the spaghetti, you fork whatever you want. Or Davina. Um, Gino. Or Davina. Okay. <laughs> Those two things don't rhyme, Dan. <laughs> don't worry about the finer details. So I've got a list of quotes uh, in front of me. You need to tell me, is it something that you've said, Davina, or is it something that, that Gino... G- Gina Ginelli. Gina, what's that? An ice cream? Yeah. Is it something that Gina said? All right, first one. Naples is famous for its handmade ties, so I always buy them there. Did you say that or did Gino DeCampo say that? Uh, I have never bought a tie in my life, so that would be Gino. <laughs> yes, one point. Correct. Well done. If I'm feeling nostalgic, the first thing I do is open a packet of spaghetti, olive oil in a pan, garlic, a little bit of chili... <laughs> Uh, a sprinkle of parsley and that's it. Oh, this you. could be me. Um, no, that's Gino DeCampo. Yes, again. <laughs> two out of two. <laughs> well done. Next one. I'm serving pure fish. Oh, oh that's hard that's, though. That's Divina DeCampo as Julia Childs. Yes. Correct. Well done. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me anybody else in this workroom who has a four and a half octave range. Tell me anybody else who can sing in five languages. Tell me anybody else who can do that all while doing the splits. Tell me anybody else who has 15 years of experience of directing production shows. Um, I think that could have been, that could have been Gina. 
Mm. No, I think that's me. I think that's Davina DeCamp. No. That is you, yes, well done, Davina. What an iconic moment, though. Look, I just didn't want to say, you're this, you're that. So you have to take it back on yourself, don't you? Tell me anybody else in this workroom who has a four and a half octave range. Tell me anybody else who can sing in five languages. Tell me anybody else who can do that all while doing the splits. Tell me anybody else who has 15 years of experience of directing production shows. That was all Gina or Davina. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on our podcast especially at christmas time it means a lot to, to chat to you about all the stuff we've got into um you're amazing i'm i'm really grateful thank you for spending yeah. time with us davina thanks so much we'll see you on tour next year hopefully fingers crossed cheers that's perfect Bye. thank you davina Find us on your socials at Gay Non Gay. Listen at GayNonGay.com or just search Non Gay at your fave pod app.